This is Marissa Schaefer here with DanceWell Podcast, and today I will be interviewing Dr. Paul Ochoa on tendon pathology. Together, we will talk about current research in tendon pathology and how it relates to the work we do as dancers. Dr. Paul Ochoa is an orthopedic specialist and a manually certified physical therapist with an extensive background in massage therapy. As a native New Yorker, he founded F Squared in 2011 and has maintained its unique one-on-one treatment model, ensuring the highest quality of care. Currently, he is in the North American Institute of Manual Therapy, or NIOMPT, fellowship program, an advanced manual and clinical reasoning program scheduled to graduate in 2019. He's also taught me a thing or two as a teaching assistant in some of the NIOMPT courses. So without further ado, here's Paul. All right, Paul, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Marissa. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, let's start. Let's start with terminology, um, tendonitis, tendinopathy, there's so many words kind of thrown around these days. What are, why are we veering away from using the term tendonitis generally? Um, well, hopefully we've been going away from that for a little while. Um, you know, tendinosis was the big thing and now tendinopathy is the, is the thing to, to go to. Um, tendonitis or the, or the itis indicates inflammation, right? Um, so there's, been a lot more um, research and there's a lot more literature out there that we now know that although there are some inflammatory um, chemicals within the tendon, um, it's not really enough to have this inflammatory response. So we don't really call it itis. Um, we, and they started using tendinosis as a form of saying, or as a way of saying, oh, this is a degenerative tendon. So meaning there's there's some sort of breakdown within, within the tendon. Um, Tendinopathy came about, and I think a really easy way to differentiate between tendinosis and tendinopathy is tendinopathy is a symptomatic tendon. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, tendinosis is an asymptomatic uh, degenerative, degenerative tendon. Um, and the only time I would use tendinitis um, would be if someone had a tenosynovitis. So kind of the, the sheath of the tendon um, that uh, will produce that synovial fluid. Um, if there's some sort of trauma or issues with that, um, it'll stop producing it. And sometimes, on in in some cases, you may get that crepitus, um, that kind of creaky noise. Sounds like Rice Krispies, kind it, of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you could feel it. And the person who's who has the tendon, who owns the tendon, the owner of <laughs> the, the owner tendon, <laughs> they um, they'll always go. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? And no, we can't, but we can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more of a, that's more of an itis. And that's actually, uh, and actually some unloading in that case is, um, is warranted. But that is the only time. That is the only time we unload a tendon. So question that's mm-hmm. coming up for me. Um, can we really tell as physical therapists, Paul, you're a physical therapist, I'm a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, can we really tell what stage they're necessarily in? If somebody comes into us off the street, can we tell that they have a tendinosis without any kind of imaging? Can we tell that they have an itis without anything besides our eyes in our exam? That's, that's a great question. Um, yes. I would say yes. I'm just going to say yes. Okay. Can I say yes? Yeah, you can okay. say yes, but right, you great. have to explain yourself. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's a little more difficult. Okay, so <laughs> I'll explain myself. Um, if you look at a tendon, let's just use the Achilles uh, tendon because that's probably the, the most common tendon studied around tendinopathies. Mm-hmm. Um, you will see... Uh, especially if this is a chronic issue, um, a little bit of a thickening of the tendon, mm-hmm. right? And now I 
maybe in my you know nine ten years of practice as a PT, I've seen two people that have come in with a thickened Achilles tendon and absolutely no history of pain, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if they have uh, a decrease in muscle mass um, and a thickening of the tendon, you can probably bet that they have some sort of uh, tendinosis mm-hmm. um, if, they, if they're asymptomatic. Yeah. Cool. Thanks mm-hmm. for the answer. Sure. Um, Okay, so let's go into some of the research that's out there right now that we're using. Tell us a little bit about the continuum model of tendon pathology. Sure. Um, my, uh, my knowledge around um, tendinopathy is mostly based off of the work of Jill Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really fantastic chance to um, uh, be with her in Vancouver uh, last, well, what is now last year, um, and she's just fantastic. Um, she really simplifies things, and um, if you haven't read any of her work as a physical therapist, um, I really suggest you go right into that um, as a start. Um, she looked at tendons as you have a normal tendon, a reactive tendon, um, a degenerative tendon, and um, or I should say, sorry, a tendon in disrepair, and then a tendinopathic tendon. Um, when a tendon becomes reactive, it is generally because it has taken on too much load. So the mechanical capacity of that tendon is lower than whatever you put on that tendon. Um, and we see that a lot with um, you know athletes, in this case dancers, uh, that have either overtrained, um, have taken on um, a piece that they're not quite ready for, etc. Um, that what happens sort of on a cellular level, if you um, we have an increase in proteoglycans, um, which are normal, but we have a little bit too much, and that causes a uh, that starts to disintegrate the collagen fibers, mm-hmm. um, and slowly we have then um, these. Uh, this sort of degenerative portion of the tendon that sort of lumps together and creates that um, that hole, that sort of donut hole model that we talk about. Um, and you have some vascular, some new vascular vessels that begin to grow in these tendons, and then sympathetic nerves, which are um, initially were thought to be, oh, this is why people have that local pain, is because they have these new nerves that come in. But these nerves are not nociceptive; they're just um, they regulate the new vessels, right? Um, so under ultrasound, you can actually see some of these vessels and you can definitely say, okay, this is a tendinopathic, um, a degenerative tendon. Um, and then, of course, you, can, you can't correct, and maybe we'll talk about this later, but you, can, you can't um, regenerate the, the damaged tissue, um, but you can increase the mechanical capacity overall of the healthy uh, fascicles. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you pause right there because there's yeah. a lot to unpack. So for those, those who aren't listening, um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about proteoglycans and collagen um, in terms of what their roles are within the tendon, um, just so that our listeners know. Mm-hmm. I would say that they're normal parts of the, um, the collagen structure, the matrix. Mm-hmm. To go into it a little bit more uh, would sort of complicate things quite a bit. Could we say that the collagen is the structure and the proteoglycans 
tend they're they're the extracellular and they're in the extracellular matrix, right? Yes. Okay. And they're normal. They're, they're normally normal. found there. Right. Yes. We just don't want too many. Exactly. Okay. Right. That that's enough. That's yes. Good. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then you also mentioned the donut and the hole and that we can't regenerate. So I want to mm-hmm. kind of explain. I think that's a great thing that Jill Cook says is you have to treat the donut and not the hole. Right. So in um. In a degenerative tendon, we have degeneration of the collagen matrix, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have um, kind of a little hole within our tendon, essentially. Yes. Simplifying it. So as you said, just to be be clear, you can't recreate that. You can't fill in the hole, which is what I think old thinking was. Sure, yeah. You could regenerate tissues. Right. It was like, well, let's do some uh, eccentric exercise, and then we'll go ahead and change that you know, bad tissue into good tissue. And that's, um, that just wasn't true. Right. Unfortunately. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now the mm-hmm. thinking is, all right, you got what you got. Right. And let's make that as good as it can be. Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay, good. So that's what we mean by donut and hole. Right. That's what we mean by that. Okay. Yeah, right. right. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Um, was there anything else you want to say about that? Um, just about the, I would say about the pain part. Mm, yeah. I, did, um, I just touched on. Um, the local... A source of pain we just don't know right and to some people listening they may say well I mean if you have this these these degenerative sort of characteristics and that should be why there's pain right um, mm-hmm. and I would say you know you have about 66% um, of Achilles ruptures that were asymptomatic to begin with so there were no pain but clearly they had been degenerating for some time mm-hmm. um, and you really see this a lot right um, not all of them are, are asymptomatic. You have have had some people that have pain with them, but um, for the most part, you haven't. Um, right. So we don't really know what the local um, pain source is. And that's that's something that is key of your physical therapist to make sure you, you let your patient know that we don't know what the local source is, but we do know how to help reduce it. Right. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go into... Some more kind of load-specific, sport-specific stuff. So what are some, like, technical faults that you see in dance or other activity that could contribute to tendon pathology? Um, I would say that the biggest thing is when people take a break Mm -hmm. and then they go right back in at the level that they left. Right. Uh, so let's assuming say assuming t- they did zero on break. Assuming right, right. <laughs> assuming they did zero. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, or even maintained um, slightly, right? right. Um, and that goes with rehab as well, right? If we re- if we try and rehab someone and get them to a point um, that's well past what they would normally do, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't stick. That goes just that mechanical capacity goes right back down to where your normal is, right? And then it stays there. Right. Yeah. As long as you keep it there, as long as you maintain it. Um, so I, th- I would say taking some time off and then returning too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the an inappropriate progression, and I mentioned this earlier, was again uh, taking on a piece that is just above your pay grade. Right. I yeah. mean, this is <laughs> this is something that um, a lot of um, a lot of performers and dancers and everything have to do. Um, but I think it's important that you, uh, if this come does come about. Um, acknowledge it and uh, get some supplemental kind of strengthening so that you don't um, go on the track of uh, tendinopathic pain. Right. Um, 
Because it's hard to, also when you're already in the piece and that starts to come on, mm -hmm. it's hard to deal with it when you're in the thick of rehearsal and performances. Right. As opposed to, I know a lot of you dancers listening to this, mm -hmm. <laughs> know who you're going to work with and also know the tendencies of the choreographer. Right. So to prepare beforehand is, I think, a better way to go. Prepare, for, yeah, prepare beforehand, but sometimes, again, like you said, you don't know and you're just in the piece, mm -hmm. yeah? And and I would say I wish there was some profession out there that would take on these dancers and help them come up with some sort of... I wish there was. I don't know of a profession, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Maybe you know of one. I don't know. I wish there was. wish there was, too. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, so uh, another one, and actually a big one, is kind of not addressing previous injuries. Yeah. You, you you've got to address these these things these old these old aches and pains. Um, if you have some hip issues, um, they're going to affect you know somewhere up or down the kinetic chain, mm -hmm. right? Um, most tendon issues with with dancers in particular, and a lot of the research is done mainly on ballet, um, but uh, is and we talked about this sort of Achilles. I would say Achilles. Uh, patellar, maybe a little hamstring, and then you mentioned, of course, FHL, which um, I'm I'm with you on that, but I haven't read enough where they've isolated um, FHL as some. They always sort of team it up with Achilles. Right. Um, so I'll um, I would, I'd love to hear more on that. Actually, yeah, you should get somebody who's like FHL expert. Yes. And then, yes. Um, and then uh, the last one I'll say is. Um, when uh, people feel pain and then they rest. Mm -hmm. That is, you can't stop everything. You can't stop everything and say, oh, I'm just gonna take this week off and then go back because that's just, that's empty hope. Like there's just nothing there. That's, there's nothing that that rest did to repair. You know, if you're overtraining, that's something different, but mm -hmm. um, most of the time it's not, it's not related um, to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just circling back around, because this is kind of going through my head. I You mentioned um, not treating previous injuries or having previous injuries that are affecting affecting your movement, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. That's precipitating potential tendon pathology. Um, dancers who have worked with me know that I often sing that song, the head bones connected to the neck bones. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, you treat the foot, the knee gets better. You treat the hip, the knee gets better, the different things. Everything's linked, right? So mm -hmm. something in your hip is going to potentially affect the way you move through your foot. Yeah, 100%. Um, you could even, uh, we could even go like uh, a bit further into that and go something that your left shoulder may be very much connected to your right hip. Right. Um, so on and so forth. So... And again, it, it'll all come out depending on what you're doing in that piece. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay, so um, exercises and caveat. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about treatment. Uh -huh. And so for those of you listening, um, this is not like a, okay, we're going to talk a little bit about treatment. You think you have a tendon pathology, go try this at home. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> we definitely advocate that you should go talk to your physical therapist if you think you have a tendon pathology. Um, so there's my caveat. Okay. All right. Uh, so eccentric exercises, isometric exercises, like how should we be going about treating these tendinopathies? Um, there are there are several stages, I would say, of treating a uh, tendinopathy, and not everyone starts at stage one. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes people stay in stage one for a, maybe a little bit longer than you want them to. Um, uh, uh, Joe Cook sort of goes 
and breaks up the stages into four stages. Um, stage one is more isometrics, and I'll sort of talk a little bit more, um, but just an overview. Stage one is isometrics. Stage two, it's uh, strength and endurance. Um, three is energy storage, and then four is more sports specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always start people uh, in isometrics just to see kind of where they are, right? So again, we'll just kind of look at the Achilles mm-hmm. for now. Um, and she recommends uh, going up on like a, doing like a single leg stance into a heel raise. Releve. Uh, into a releve, mm-hmm. thank you very much. No um, and uh, <laughs> and doing, holding that for 45 seconds, right? Um, with a two minute rest, repeating that five times, one to two times a day, mm-hmm. every other day. She... Uh, and she mentions she does not want anyone doing this for more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, because she, this is not a strengthening um, tactic. This is uh, purely for pain. This is to help reduce the pain. Um, and sometimes people do this and um, what you'll tend to see or ideally what you'd want to see is uh, you would do this and it, it's actually quite painful. But as the 45 seconds go on... Um, it would become less painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of sort of an appropriate um, person for this. Um, if you have somebody that pops up into this, into relevant, and they do this, and they hold for 45 seconds with absolutely no pain, this is someone that you do not want in an isometric stage. You right. want to push them ahead. Um, one of my uh, mentors, or as I said to you, um, he would know me as the guy who asks him a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Chris Johnson he uses the term, um, you know, point of entry. And that's, I would say, that, that's a great way to put it. You just have to find that point of entry for whoever you're treating. Mm-hmm. So it may be isometric stage, it may be a strengthening stage. Um, generally, a sl- slow loading is what you want to do. So in the strength and endurance stage, um, we're looking at eccentrics now, but we're also looking at concentrics, mm-hmm. just slowly, right? Um, the use of an external uh, device, like a, um, uh, help me find this word. Blood pressure cuff? No. No. Um, the, uh, a metronome. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Metronome. metronome. Yes. Um, the metronome is a great sort of device to keep people on track mm-hmm. um, and help them uh, kind of be consistent throughout their strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, as you go into more of a... Um, energy storage and energy storage out there uh, for people who don't know what that means it it means basically jumping it's like a a quick stretch Mm -hmm. right um and it's very close to being into a sports specific stage um but not completely right it's like the it's it's the prequel to it right so um so those are those are the four stages and if you think about it it's really just in uh, it's it's a linear kind of progression mm-hmm. right um but you really have to be careful um on how fast you progress because a decrease in pain does not always mean um oh you're ready to get back into your sport right it just means you're out of the pain stage right right and now we're going to find a new way to load you um now, does this mean that you have to stop performing? That's a that's a big question, right? Well, should mm-hmm. I stop? Can mm-hmm. I can I do this piece? Can I, of course you you can, and it's totally up to your up to you, and it's at your tolerance. Um, but during rehearsal, if we can find ways to modify that rehearsal, um, so that you're still uh, learning the piece, but also addressing um, any sort of 
musculoskeletal issues that you have, then great, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit complex, right? There's no, it's not like a, it's not like here's here's a, a cookie cutter kind of thing for everyone. Um, it gets it gets complicated, um, which is why you need help. You need you need a professional that's going to be there, that's going to watch you um, and take the time to do that because it's really the only way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about uh, regarding rehearsal, like mm-hmm. modifying based on your symptoms and your particular tendinopathy. Um, is really a relative rest, right? So we're not overstressing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, this um, is not like you take a week off um, or something. Right. No. Right. Absolutely not. And then being in rehearsal w- will, as you were kind of alluding to, just change the way your uh, your rehab is going to look too, um, potentially, right? Yeah. As opposed to taking time off. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. 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 This is again. This is. Uh, this is a live animal that we're that we're working with, right? It is not. Um, we're not in a lab, and we're saying, okay, well, you're going to do um, some isometrics today, and then in one week you're going to do this, and here's your program. Right. Goodbye. Right. Because life doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Inevitably, somebody's going to ask, well, should I do this before rehearsal, mm-hmm. after rehearsal? Mm-hmm. If if someone has uh, uh, another job that they do, do they do it before that? During the job, I don't know what it is. It, it's so complicated. Yeah. Um, and I think if you if you get a PT, if you get someone that just tries to give you this cookie cutter kind of thing, don't 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 go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to find that's work that way. Yeah. Okay, so we're getting back. We're progressing in our rehab program. Yeah. And we're getting ready to return to dance. How do we know if we've done this too quickly? Um, it's a balancing act. Yeah. Um, there are some people who kind of go a little bit more conservative. Um, I tend to go a little bit more aggressive, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that if, um, I think the, the goal here is not zero out of 10 pain. Right. I think the goal here is to increase the amount of function. If you can, if you can function better, you're inevitably going to have less pain. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Th- that's how it works. Um, uh, so don't look at this as, hey, I, you know, how, why would I progress if I'm still feeling, you know, three out of ten or even four out of ten pain? That's okay because now you're doing it better. Right. Whatever, whatever exercise, whatever thing that I that I have you doing, you're doing it well. Um, technique is good. Great. Let's move on. Let's push through it. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think the, the goal is zero, zero out of 10 pain, and I completely forgot the question that you asked me. What was that? that you... <laughs> if you were, how what do we you... know if we're returning to dance too quickly? Right, all right, how do we know? Right, yes, okay. Um... But before you go on, I do think Jill, Jill Cook actually says that in her research too, right? That you shouldn't expect a zero out of 10, that three or four out of 10 is perfectly acceptable. Perfectly acceptable, Yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, what, what athlete is ever in zero out of 10 pain? Oh, totally, no. It, it's just not. So why why should realistic. we expect that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and also um, going on expectations, um, you know, tendons take a very very long time to heal. They take longer than bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the expectation that this tendon pain that you've been dealing with, um, you know, six or seven times in, in your career, uh, is going to go away in four weeks. Um, is not something that you should have. Um, your yeah, expectation no should be that this that. is a, a, as there is sort of a continuum of that tendinopathy, there mm-hmm. is a continuum of, of recovery. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Make your PT appointments. Yes. Yep. Um, did we answer that question? How do we know if we're returning too quickly? Yeah. We did. I think we did. Okay. I think we did mm-hmm. too. Okay. So um, we touched on this a little bit. We all know that rest or relative rest right. in this case can be beneficial, but what's the effect of being totally sedentary on a tendon? Um, so it's, to quote sort of Jill Cook, it's, uh, it's catabolic for connective tissue mm. rest. Yeah. <laughs> Explosions, all fire emojis everywhere. No good. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you're not maintaining the rest of your body if you have complete, um, rest. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no, uh, stimulus for any, uh, sort of um, increase in mechanical capacity of your tendon. Um, and honestly, you're, the only focus that you have while you rest is your pain. Mm-hmm. And if you focus on your pain, no good. you're going to find more pain. Right. Yeah. No good. So um, as you alluded to before, it's all a balancing act. While we think that you should rest, mm-hmm. don't rest too hard. Right, yeah. <laughs> while we think you should train, don't train too hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so somewhere in between. Okay, Paul, mm-hmm. can you cure a tendinopathy? I can, yes. Oh, can you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. very good. Um, <laughs> okay, great. Thank uh, you very much. Thanks for having me on. Um, if, you know, if we, the word cure, if we, if we think about can we increase the mechanical capacity of that tendon and increase function and then hopefully reduce some pain so that you can, your quality of life can be better, mm-hmm. yes, we can cure it. Yeah. Um, can we regenerate? Um, unhealthy tendon tissue? No, unfortunately we can't. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's the most straightforward answer I've given you this time. Oh, that's very straightforward. I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I'm going to take that home, put it in my pocket. Um, is, are there any other tendon pearls you'd like to share with us? Tendon pearls. Um, you know, I, I think we've talked, we've covered kind of everything. I would say, um, again, I'm, I'm going to stand on the, the shoulder of, of the giants that I've had to the uh, pleasure of, of meeting and say, find the point of entry um, for wherever you are in this continuum um, and uh, be confident that, uh, that loading the tendon um, has been shown in a laboratory and in real life to work and it will work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people always say, well, I, I'm the exception to the rule because of etc. Um, and, and you're not, um, yeah, trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am, I will say one thing about the mm-hmm. taping, yes, uh, of, right. Yes, sure. we, we, we've talked about this. Um, the, the use of kind of a, the tape and scrape movement, um, where sometimes performers, they, they'll say, oh, well, I, you know, this is the only way I can get through this uh, piece. Um, at some point, there is someone that has that told them that this will get them through. And if you're seeking for if you're seeking professional help, if that professor if that prof- professional professional thank yes, you no problem um, tells you, hey, this pen will get you through or this pill will get you through. Right. Um, that's the answer you're looking for. Right. Um, so if we take away that tape and we say this loading program will be will get you through your piece, um, then I think that instills confidence um, in your patients. Um, and uh, it's something and, they can do too. And it's something they can. Which yeah. Is huge. 
yeah, yeah, it empowers them absolutely. Yeah, um, it's not an external device that they're that they're using as a crutch. Um, so that's that's my last little soapbox. Nice. I think I, that's a cool note to end on. I think it's kind of provocative because I mean, like like stretching, like telling people not to static stretch, perhaps before mm-hmm. they go into a vigorous rehearsal. Um, it's like something that we've always done, and we're we're asking you to consider perhaps not doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, take it home and have a think on it. That's all I'm saying. All right. um, anyway, thank you for sharing your knowledge. Before we sign off, um, can you tell people how to find you on the social medias or where to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, our on our Insta is um, F2PT, mm-hmm. and um, you could also just Google us at um, F Squared Physical Therapy. Uh, it stands for Function and Fitness. Um, and of course you can always visit us, um, on our website, f2pt.com. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, about this podcast specifically for me, uh, you know, they can contact you or contact me. I'm open to it. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing everything and thanks for being a part. Ah, thanks for having me on. Yep. Bye. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast and subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. We wouldn't be where we are without generous contributions from our listeners. Your contributions help pay for our SoundCloud membership, website fees, upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.